Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Kelly, and Brandon from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Glad you're with us on a Thursday afternoon. Lots to talk about. The professor, Patrick McGee, is going to join us. We're going to be talking a little football and basketball with the professor. Austin Keel, former football player, will be on the show later in the hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. We appreciate Dickie's. We encourage you to uh, call Dickie's the next time you have a special occasion, whether it be for your home, your business, or your church. They can cater it for you. Great catering menu, great food. They'll even set it up and serve it for you as well. You can sit back, relax, and always, always let Dickie's do the cooking. Austin Keel joining us a little later, Bob. Now, what high school did you... Where's he from? MMR? Diaberville. And, and what famous Southern Miss great played at Diaberville High School? I believe it would be the perfect 10. That's correct. That's Reggie Collier correct. was a Diaberville warrior. All right, we've got the professor, Patrick McGee, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald about to join us. Real quickly, though, I want to let you know the Scott Berry Golf Classic uh, fundraising tournament. Uh, golf tournament was scheduled for tomorrow, has been pushed back to next Friday, November the 1st. That's next Friday, November the 1st, due to weather concerns, registration at 830 a shotgun start set for 10 a.m. All right, let's go down to the Gulf Coast. Professor Patrick McGee joins us. And, uh, Professor, good afternoon to you. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Well, we're good. We're always glad to hear from you. We've got lots to ask you about today. We'll talk about basketball and uh, football. Let's start with football, uh, Professor. Uh, Kelly and I have had a little bit of a disagreement this week, uh, Patrick, and I, I want you to uh, I want you to settle this for us. I thought the loss to Louisiana Tech was disastrous. Kelly still believes the Golden Eagles can win the West and and make this a positive season. In your view, how big a loss was that for Southern Miss? Well, it, it was a big loss. I mean, it uh, uh, Louisiana Tech emerges as the heavy favorite to win the, the West, and uh, Southern Miss needs a lot of help down the stretch. Uh, they need Louisiana Tech to lose a couple of games, and there is a stretch where uh, Tech could lose. I think they play UAB, uh, Marshall, North Texas in the span of uh, that's a three-game stretch. So, uh, I you know I don't know. I mean, it, Southern Miss needs a lot of help, and uh, I'm not convinced Southern Miss can really do you know go five and over the rest of the way, especially the way they played Saturday and the injuries at the key position, running back, especially to Michael Harris when he wasn't on the field. It just wasn't. The, the same offense. They were found with Perkins running the ball, but whenever he got hobbled, uh, it really slowed down. So uh, right now, Southern Miss just needs to get healthy at the right positions, uh, running back especially, and maybe you can get Mosley back in the next two or three weeks, and that can make a difference. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Southern Miss needs help, and, and right now Louisiana Tech is sitting pretty. And DeMichael Harris was at practice last night for the Eagles, so he he was uh, you know working out, so hopefully – 
hopefully that'll be a good sign, you know, coming for Saturday. But on social media, Patrick, and we all know that, that one of the drawbacks of social media is people can just regurgitate anything they want. It doesn't have to be factual or whatever. But, but in the, the opinion, the public opinion poll, I mean, and human nature is always to be negative before they are positive. But I just think there's just been so much overreaction this week about, I mean, hammering Jay Hobson and, and uh, this, you know, this was a devastating loss. And the only point I was trying to make with Bob is let's wait till the entire body of work is done at the end of the year and then maybe take a look at where things are. I personally was looking toward next year as the real litmus test as to how far this program has come. But I still think if you compare the program to today compared to where it was a year ago today, the program is in better condition today. I wanted to get your, your view on that statement. Yeah, they're better. Uh, you, know, off, you know, offensively, they're a, a much better team. Uh, they just can't afford to regress. I think there was some regression against Louisiana Tech with the play of the offensive line and, and the way the secondary. Had, uh, what's concerning for Southern Miss is that the defense has taken a step back this season, and that proved to be their downfall, uh, especially in the first half at Louisiana Tech. And the offense just really didn't show up with injuries piling up there in the second half. The offensive line... Uh, didn't have one of its better games of the season. Uh, Louisiana takes a good team, and, and Southern Miss did not play a complete football game. While well, you can make an argument that Louisiana Tech did, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's really how this team responds. Uh, that's the, that's what the gauge will be of the success of this team this season is how they respond going forward, uh, and and that starts with Rice, and then you have a bye week, and then it's UAB if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, this little stretch of the season is crucial, and Southern Miss has a chance to get fully healthy uh, coming up the bye week, hosting UAB. I still think I like Southern Miss's chances on its home field against UAB, uh, but you cannot take Rice for granted at all. Now, I, I think maybe Rice is starting to kind of wave the white flag to a degree. They shouldn't have lost at UTSA. I think that's the game everybody expected to win. So maybe Rice, they're kind of catching Rice at a point where they're not as competitive as they were in the first half of the season. Even though they haven't won, haven't won a game, they've played some good teams tight. So Southern Miss has to show up, play well against Rice, and get healthy for UAB. Now, Patrick, clarify something for me. When you're looking at at the standings in the West and the standings in the East, and in the end, who wins the West, who wins the East? Do all of your conference games count in that standing? Or let's say if you're in the West, is it only games against Western Division opponents that count in the standings for who wins that division? No, no, it's all conference games. So the only you know head-to-head will come into play uh, when deciding who you know who finishes in what place. Uh, you know that's how the seeding you know, will will work out. But yeah, I mean every game counts. I mean that Western Kentucky and the FAU games count every bit as much as I got Western you. Kentucky. But but see, and it and it shouldn't be that way though because you don't play everybody in the league. But it is that way. Yeah, it is. But I mean, like Southern Miss doesn't play Middle Tennessee this year. Well, as I look you know? at it, Patrick, the Golden Eagles they still have the two best teams in the East to play: Florida Atlantic and uh, right. and uh, Western Kentucky, and a a really what a six and one UAB team. I tell you what they. They got to pull it together pretty fast, or this season could uh, turn south. Yeah, I mean it's it's set up okay for Southern Miss to be prepared for that stretch, you know, with Rice and then a bye week. Uh, but yeah, it's not an easy stretch to close out the season. Uh, UTSA is probably the only other game on the schedule that you look at and think that's a pretty solid uh, win for Southern Miss. Now, I think UAB's record's a little bit inflated; just they haven't played the toughest schedule. Uh, they got beat uh, by Western Kentucky. 
Uh, West Kentucky is a very good defensive team, probably the best defensive team in the conference. FAU uh, losing to Marshall uh, last week was a bit of a surprise. The Marshall went down to Boca Raton and won. That East is very much up in the up in the air, and, and you have the big game with uh, a Marshall host in Western Kentucky. So a lot to be decided in the East. Uh, but right now with Louisiana Tech being undefeated in conference play, having already beat Southern Miss, they're, they're going to be the favorite to win the West. That Southern Miss just needs them to hit a rough patch. But as we know, Conference USA's history has been a bit chaotic. And uh, that, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise to me if La Tech did manage to lose a couple of games. And the Eagles do get UAB at home, and they do get Western Kentucky at home. So, you know, that, that will help. UTSA is on the road, but like Patrick just said, that should be a check mark. So Florida Atlantic down at Boca Raton, the very last game of the regular season, might have a lot riding on it. But I think the yeah. loss to Louisiana Tech makes the UAB win a must with capital letters. And, Patrick, I think the Golden Eagles have to win three of their last five games to have any hopes of a bowl game. Yeah, yeah. you got to get to that seven-win mark, as we all saw last season, really kind of uh, solidify a bowl spot. So, yeah, I, I think Southern Miss would – be in good position to get a, uh, an invite as long as they get to seven I wanted to get your reaction, too, that was, Jay Hobson was quoted as saying that that game was on him uh, last weekend. And you know, there are two schools of thought here. I respect a person who's willing to step forward. We're all human. We all make mistakes, right? I respect a person who comes forward and said, look, I, I just wasn't my best. You know, and I'm, and I'm sorry for that. But then there's, then there's the other school of thought is, man, I can't believe a coach would admit you know that 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 was that that was on him, and that that just shouldn't happen. A Division one coach, blah blah blah. Your reaction, Patrick? Well, I mean, it, I, you know, I, it was you could you know the, it was kind of a weird game where the first half the defense was more to blame, and the second half the offense uh, just kind of uh, didn't really show up. So, uh, but to start the game defensively, they weren't very good. I thought there was a uh, uh, if you want to you know put the defense on Jay, you can put that on Jay, but. Uh, I thought he made a mistake there late in the uh, first half when he called the timeout mm-hmm. uh, with uh, LaTeX in a third and long situation. And uh, LaTeX, after the timeout, LaTeX breaks free and, and gets a big first down, and then they go down and score a touchdown. Uh, maybe if they don't call the timeout there, LaTeX might be inclined to let the clock run. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jay made, and the staff made some mistakes. They didn't really – game plan for that law tech offense as well as they should have i mean you had the one receiver who just really owned the southern Miss secondary over 200 yards receiving and jamar smith played really well so uh you know it wasn't a perfect game for southern miss just a weird game a uh, big game and they just didn't show the show up and show the best all right we're talking to patrick mcgee for the Biloxi sun here we're going to hold the professor over next segment we're going to switch gears basketball guys less than a week away hard to believe uh, get patrick's view of southern miss basketball and the new era of round ball uh, at the greenhouse. Eagle Hour continues right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Talking to Patrick McGee on the Eagle Hour this afternoon. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. 
Christmas just around the corner, about 61, 62 days, I think, something like that. Uh, time to think about Christmas shopping, Kelly. Okay, Scrooge, over here. Uh, Campus Book Mart, a good place to go if you've got a Golden Eagle on your list, or you can go to campusbookmart.net. They got those really nice hand-painted uh, Southern Miss Christmas ornaments. Yeah, that, we know? do have some of those. They're this very pretty, pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Right, quick reminder, basketball kickoff party tonight at Brewski's, I think around 7. Free hot dogs and drinks, the the kids will be there. The coaches will be there. Uh, everybody's invited. You don't have to be a member of the Hardwood Club. Everyone's invited to the kickoff party tonight at Brewski's in Hattiesburg for Southern Miss basketball. And speaking of, Patrick, a new era of Southern Miss basketball begins next week. And I know there's a lot of excitement about the new coaching staff and this kind of fresh approach to basketball. But I've been waiting all week to get your take on what realistically do you think uh, Southern Miss fans should and can expect out of uh, Jay Ladner's first year? Well, I, I was kind of having this conversation with a Southern Miss fan earlier this week, and I think maybe a measure of success would maybe be finishing around 500 overall uh, and maybe finishing slightly above 500 in conference play. Uh, you can't really set the bar too high just because you just don't have experience at key positions like in the post and the point guard. Uh, you have some nice players, nice uh, pieces around those guys, but you really have no experience depth whatsoever. So uh, the, the odds are kind of stacked against Southern Miss this season when you consider those factors. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think a, a, around a 500 record would be about to would be a fair expectation. And what do you think of the brutal start? The first two games are Gonzaga and Iowa State. Uh, it just seems like a brutal way to bring a new coach in, Patrick. Yeah, a lot of these uh, scheduling is done well in advance. I know they have done this uh, for the the deal with Gonzaga and and, uh, and Iowa State. Everything that's involved there, where they go to the Bahamas, that was all kind of done well in advance. So you inherit a schedule, but you know Jade and company did a good job filling in the pieces and get some Division One home games. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> They're going. To, you just want to come out of that stretch healthy, really. Well, when you talked about you know five hundred would be a, a good season for them. My heavens, you look at the preseason poll, the Conference USA poll, Patrick, and you know they were picked to finish dead last. So right. the fact that that you that you would say five hundred would be a good season, I think that that would be a super season if that poll is accurate in any way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah, and that would be kind of the the high bar for me. You know, is just the level of success is, is that they're able to get out and get in the conference play and make up some ground. And, and really, the uh, what's got to happen for Southern Miss to have a really good season is to you know maybe beat South Alabama on its home court and then take advantage of that three game stretch where you have Division One teams coming to Hattiesburg before conference play. So uh, those are games where Southern Miss can kind of make up some ground. Uh, while the rest of the uh, non-conference slate is super, super tough. So uh, just steady improvement. You want to close the season strong and, and play well, and I think that's what Doc Sadler did in the second-to-last season. Is they closed strong there late, and that gave you momentum going into the next season. So if Ladner and company can play their best basketball going into the conference tournament, I think that's whenever you can kind of uh, judge, judge the job that he has done. Patrick, fill in the blank here. Doc Sadler left the basketball program in blank shape for Jay Ladner. Well, I mean, in good shape, uh, you know, that's, I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, it's, considering the situation Jay's in without much 
uh, depth down the roster. Uh, there was just, you know, there's that turnover from one staff to the next uh, where you got to uh, uh, get out and recruit. I mean, these are guys that Jay, uh, that Doc Sadler recruited for his system, uh, guys that are providing depth. Maybe they wouldn't necessarily fit into a Jay Ladner team. So uh, it remains to be seen. I mean, uh, Sadler left relatively late and uh, put Ladner in a situation where I thought I thought he went out and identified some pretty quality guards uh, and, you know, and, and was able to kind of fill in some gaps. But uh, we'll see. I mean, Hunter, Hunter Dean, the big 6'10 guy, if he pans out, becomes a really good post player, and some other guys really step up. That's, that's how we'll find out how, how well off Doc Sadler left Jay Ladner. Well, it, it, I hope the community will respond, because you can't say that Jay Ladner to this point hasn't done his part. I mean, I saw him out in front of Walmart with the guy that holds the sign. You know, the, the wants you to throw him a buck or two. Jay was talking to him. You know, hey, come to the, come to me. I mean, there isn't anybody that Jay hasn't shaken the hand of or hugged their baby or, or spoke at every civic club organization that wanted him to come. So, because he heard that message. He said, you know, that, that's what everybody loved about Donnie Tyndall. Uh, it was that he was so engaging with the community. And, and so Jay Ladner's done his part. I just, I hope that the, that the community will respond in kind. So with that said, Patrick, do, do they have to, the old, uh, you know, well, if they win, I'll come. Is, is, that, is that still hold true? Or will people come even if they don't win? No, they'll, they'll come if they win. I mean, I've, I've followed Southern Miss basketball for a while now. And if you're losing ball games, you know, attendance isn't necessarily very good. Now, Jay Ladner will have some people who will come to games more consistently. Uh, but, you know, uh, the, the Southern Miss basketball fans' attention span is not the greatest. Uh, you know, you're going, you're going to have to win basketball games, and like I said, he, there will be people in the community who will get behind him and, and come to games relatively consistently. Uh, but for the long run, it really just has yet to be proven. Uh, you know, I, and we talked about Tyndall, and I think you're right. You know, that Ladner has really gone out, pitched the program, and in the community at these, you know, Kiwanis Club or wherever the heck he's going to. I think the key of Southern Miss wants to have something similar to what Tyndall's do is he's really got to relate to, to kids on campus as well because uh, that's where the energy in the program comes from uh, in, in the arenas whenever you have kids in the student section. So that was really, I, I, think, really I think that's the challenge. The, the phenomenon about Donnie Tyndall was that it's all been well documented now, the trouble that the university got into at, on, on Donnie Tyndall's watch. But when you still go back to fans, and the students who might have been around and say, look, if we could bring Donnie Tyndall back, knowing what happened, would you take him back? And it, nobody hesitates and said, 100%, right, right. take him back yeah. tomorrow. To me, that's yeah. phenomenal, Patrick. What do you make of it? Oh, it's, it's terrifying when <laughs> I hear people say that. I mean, it's, so you've, know, heard, I you've heard it too, though. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. And I just, I, I mean, I'm like, you do realize that he destroyed the program, and all he got was two NIT bits. You know, I mean, come on, is that your level of success uh, oh, that you want? Quite you know, terrifying. Uh, and it's just, I, you know, I, you know, it's the same people who really just don't expect the greatest Ooh. out of their leaders. You know, they just want to see results and process, and and that's. You know that's that's Donnie Tyndall. You know he's a likable guy, but he ruined the progress, the program, and the process. That's for sure. <laughs> but the way that but the way that he was engaging with the well, students. I know, but Patrick's right, man. He left them laying flat on their back in the middle of the intersect, Kelly. But, but I get it. I get it. But but even so, people right. know that. But they still say, man, he was out there. He right. you know he. That's great, Patrick. Hung out with us. Terrible. He was he was a good guy. You know. 
So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and Landner can do that. I mean, yeah. You know, that's. I think that's what that's what's got to happen for him is that he's got to find a way to get students in the Coliseum. Uh, he he can speak at all these clubs he wants to, uh, but in the long run, it's it's the students that really can. Yeah. and kind of build a momentum for a program. That's right. All right, Patrick, I, I got one more subject I want to touch base with you before we run out of time. Uh, something else that's kind of happening sort of behind the scenes is at the end of this week, I think, they're going to tear up the field at Pete Taylor Park starting next week and start this three- or four-month process of installing a complete new natural grass surface. Question number one could you or I, either one, have envisioned last year when all of this rain was ruining baseball games and Coach Barry got so vocal about the field that it would, A, have happened this quickly, and B, do you see it as a – Coach Barry said, told us he saw it as a game-changer in the program. Do, do you see the same benefit? Uh, I mean, I, I think it helps. In the long run, it'll help generate revenue from the standpoint that you don't have to put as much money into the maintenance of the field, and you'll have fewer games uh, canceled. Therefore, you can sell more tickets and, and get more in terms of uh, uh, concession money and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's a financial uh, uh, boost. I don't know if game changer is the right way to put it, maybe for, for them, and that they can practice more in really bad conditions. Uh, I think it'll be a big help. Uh, you know, it only really kind of helps their chances of scheduling uh, maybe more prominent games early in the season where right, you can get some like right. Big Ten programs and stuff like that. And I'm paraphrasing uh, yeah. that. I, I'm, that yeah. may yeah. not have been the exact word that he used. <laughs> yeah. But, Patrick, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a positive, I think. Right. I want to ask you, Patrick, before you go, we've talked to the Department of Defense. We've talked to the FBI. We've talked to the uh, IRS. We've talked to the Secret Service. We've talked to everybody trying to get the information as to what Scott Berry is going to go trick or treating as yeah, a, do you have any idea trick or treating at Southern Miss? You know the inside story at Southern Miss. You know if have overturned every rock and looked in every corner. Do you know what Scott Berry's Halloween costume will be? Uh, I would assume it's Mr. Clean every year. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's probably what I would think. It should be right, Patrick. There could yeah. be a, not a better cost. Hey, real quick, we've got about thirty seconds. Uh, people that want to access your articles about Southern Miss, Patrick, what do they need to do? Uh, they can go to sunherald.com and uh, right up in the little corner of the website, it gives people the opportunity to subscribe. So just go to sunherald.com and it's pretty easy to find up there at the top of the site the chance to uh, uh, to invest in uh, coverage of Southern Miss and other sports. All right, Patrick. Thanks, buddy. All right. Have a good one. Patrick McGee, everybody. Biloxi Sun Herald. Eagle Hour continues with Austin Keel next. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Guess where it's located? 4th Street. On 4th Street, exactly. Yeah, uh, Obvious answers for 200, Alex. Uh, It's right over the bridge from the campus at uh, Southern Miss, right over the Highway 49 bridge in the shadow 
of uh, of the Rock MM Roberts Stadium, of course, Fourth Street Bar and Grill, with uh, the lunch plates Monday through Friday. And that menu changes up as things get colder. The colder they'll work in the red beans and rice and some of the other. Uh, South Mississippi favorites. And how much are those lunches? It's, it's $8.95, okay. Bob. I'm so glad. That, and that includes a drink. It's not like these other places that charge eight ninety five and then hit you 5 bucks for a drink. That includes iced tea or water. Clarify that. Doesn't well, include like a vodka tonic or anything like that. Well, but a soft drink. A uh, soft or Coke. Yeah. There you go. Any of those things that... Uh, tonics are extra. Yes. Okay. Yes. Toddies or whatever you want to call it are, are a little Hot bit extra. toddies. But we like 4th Street Bar and Grill. We like hanging out there. Uh, joining us on the Eagle Hour now, he was at Southern Miss from 2014 to 2018. The, the position that we're getting a lot of response from, from our, our listeners, are the long snappers. They have a right. unique insight. Right. You know, not only on football, but, but on things that Everything. happen... Off everything, the field. Everything. And uh, joining us, a native of D'Iberville, is Austin Keel, who played for both Todd Munkin and Jay Hobson. We welcome you, Austin. Good to have you on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Man, so when did you, when did you figure out that, hey, I, the snapping football thing can maybe get me somewhere? Uh, in eighth grade, I was a center, and uh, because, I, you know, because I was a center off, off in the line, my coach automatically assumed that I could snap it for a punt, you know, right after, and you know, it's more of a sink or swim. I better figure out how to snap from five yards and then turn around and snap. You know, at that time we were just doing 12 yards. And finally I had a coach in high school like, well, here, let me really show you how to, you know, snap, you know, really snap, you know, efficiently. And, you know, one thing led to another. And, you know, here, here I am at Southern Miss now. Good and, deal. And, and so they said, okay, so we want to give you a scholarship and all you have to do is snap the ball and you're probably going – that that's it. That's all I got to do. <laughs> I'm a little more to it than that, right, Austin? Oh yeah. I mean, that, that was the deal. Was um, at first, I, I really didn't even think I was going to play in college. And you know, I went to a camp. We went into my senior year. It's like you know, I was get ready for senior year, and you know, did really well. And had a junior college coach look at me, and um, ended up having one of the the guys helping work it was used to kick at Southern Miss. And he said <laughs> at the time it was just Lance Schufert here. He said, well, we, we need another guy. And so one thing led to another, and I ended up getting a walk-on spot and then getting put on scholarship at Southern Miss. So that was, that was my, my route. But, right. yeah, there's other, there's other players that, you know, they, they get that offer right out of high school. And, yeah, that'd be real nice. But, Austin, you came out of D'Iberville, and, of course, Reggie Collier, the great uh, Southern Miss quarterback, came out of D'Iberville High School. You're almost a, you are a generation removed from Reggie Collier. How much did you know about uh, – Reggie, when you were at high school as a warrior on the coast, I, I knew a lot about him because he uh, he and my dad were really good friends and graduated high school together and played football together. So, hmm. you know, I, my dad always talked about Reggie Collier. You know, growing up and you know when we were little, going to some of the Southern Miss games, you know, he'd all he, you know he saw him a few times there. So, I was I was pretty familiar with the name when I when I got to Southern Miss. Bob Getty and I were talking earlier this week about the the social media firestorm that Jay Hobson has faced this week over the Louisiana Tech loss last week. Of course, a lot of football still to be played this year. And Austin oh, yeah. and Austin Keel, you think that uh, that Jay Hobson has been? I mean, just that this is a big overreaction on Southern Miss fans' parts who uh, who want to really string up Coach Hobson. I mean, yeah, it, it's. I mean, like you said, it's you know, it's it's a whole season. It's not just one game. Um, you know, we've we've had great success against La Tech. Every year it's been a battle and we've done well and I mean this year they you know, La Tech got it, you know. So I mean you you know, you really can't, you know, say, Oh, wow, it's time for him to go or, you know, fire him after one in my opinion. 
especially whenever he's done a he's done a good job so far. Um, you know, sometimes you know the other team just wants it more, and they came out ready. And I mean, it happens. But that's the thing is, you know, you gotta you gotta come back the following week and you know see what you're made of, and you know finish the season strong. And also, it's fair to say that Louisiana Tech has Division One athletes on their team, and they may have been tired of losing to Southern Miss. I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I always mess around with Brady Farlow about that. Uh, you know, you know, he always, you know, we always went back and forth. But I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you don't, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to spend your whole career losing to the same team over and over again. Right. Whenever you know you have, when you know you have a good football team. Um, so I mean, you know, sometimes you just get fired up and you know finally put the piece together. So I mean, that's the thing is, you know, Southern Miss is piecing together offense really well too so you know like you said there's there's still some more games left this season now you played for a guy that i look back now and i think did one of the most remarkable jobs of coaching i have ever seen and that's todd monk and he takes it he comes in here and takes a team that finished zero and 12 won one the last game of the next season and two years later was playing for the conference championship tell us about todd munkin Oh, he was uh he he was pretty intense. Um you feared him but respected him. You know, he 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 was cutthroat at times, but you know, he he you know, it was a business, you know, and uh you know, he he was he you know, he 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 cracked down on things and got it taken care of and you know, expected results. Um you know, it held you accountable and you know, just he 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 was uh he was a really good coach. I I really enjoyed being around him and I'm I'm happy I got to play under him. Former long snapper Austin Keel joins us here on the on the uh, Eagle Hour on this Thursday. Austin, I got to ask you too. Anytime you're on the football team, you're automatically a hit with women, right, on campus. <laughs> so, so you walk. Uh, brace yourself, Austin. All right. So, so you walk around. <laughs> when 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 women would ask you what position do you play, did, did you feel like you quietly had to say long snapper, <laughs> or, um, or did you brag, "Hey, I'm the long snapper." <laughs> I, I owned it. I, I embraced the. I embraced my role. I, I, you know, on and off the field. I guess you'd say. Great uh, I, answer. You know, I made sure everybody knew. I was. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I'm on the football team. I, you know, I'm a long snapper. That's a great answer, son. <laughs> In a missed field goal situation, understanding you're a long snapper. What percentage of the time is it purely the kicker's fault? I mean, it, it's. You know, a lot of people try and put it straight on the kicker, but I mean, it's it's got to be. You know, it's 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 a system. You know, I mean, it's it's all one. You know, usually they say one point two five seconds is what your your operation time should be. So you want to be as efficient as possible. Laces out, holder puts it in the right spot, kicker hits it on the right spot. You know, so I mean, it. it, it you know, sometimes it might be the snap, the hold, or the kicker. But, you know, most of the time, you know, you need all three of those to be perfect for, you know, everything to be right. Well, isn't it so. true, though, also, that if the snap isn't just right, it throws the timing off for the kicker? And I've always thought that in field goal situations, everybody's got their eyes on the kicker. And they just take for granted that the long snapper and the holder are going to do their jobs. But two things have to happen perfectly before you have a chance to make the field goal. And, and before you answer that, Austin, I have to tell you, my colleague here, Bob Getty, is an expert on field goals because he's a friend of the Red, or he's a fan of the Redskins, and that's all they've been able to. That's do all this. we do is kick field goals. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? I'm right, though. Right? There's there's two things that have to happen perfectly. 
for the kicker to have a, a realistic opportunity to make the kick. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, you have you you need to make sure about that, and that's why in practice you want to keep on you know you know hitting the right spot and making sure you know they they for snappers we try and make sure that the laces are out. You know, you when you snap it, the you know you want the holder to be catching it with laces out, so they just got to go straight down with it, and they can focus on just you know catching it and putting it down on the spot, not having to spin the ball to get laces out and stuff. Um, so I mean, yeah, you're right. It it it's you know all three parts. You know, have to be perfect. And how do you do that? How do you how do you snap a football and make sure the laces are are out, are, are out when the when the holder gets the ball? Um, just trying to get that right speed down. I mean, you know your speed. You know, you know, you know each snapper. You know, snaps to you know different you know speeds like that. And then your holder, you and your holder, just start figuring out. You know, do you catch it a little closer in? Do you you know? Uh, I remember Tyler Sarazen would you know reach out a little bit more for Lance. You know, and I mean, they were just, you know, Lance had the same spots, same speed every time. So Sarah knew if he, you know, stuck his hand up just a little bit more, he's going to catch it perfect to set it down. So, you know, being in sync with one another, knowing, you know, making sure that your snap is very consistent every time so the holder knows exactly, you know, you know how he needs to approach and how he needs to catch it to make sure that, you know, he's catching with those laces out. Now, an extra point or a field goal, how far are you snapping it back? Um, It's seven, well... About seven uh, yards? I have one coach that did seven and a half yards, and then um, my last three years there, it was uh, seven yards. Okay, so what about a punt? Punt is uh, 14. Okay, so, so obviously your technique has to change the different, uh, to cover the different distances. Uh, yeah, usually you just want to use um, you know, just arms, just, just your arms for a field goal. Because, I mean, like I said, you're not trying to, you know, just, blow his head off back there. I mean, you want it to be smooth and, you know, smooth and solid and consistent. Because um, that's the thing is, yeah, you might try and get there faster, but you got to think about it too. You got a holder trying to catch a missile, you know, so, you know, seven yards. So you want to, you know, want to be smart with it. Just, you want to make sure you have a smooth operation. Um, so, and then, feel, I mean, in punt, you know, you're using a lot more of your, you know, you're following through a lot more. You're using your hips for explosion. So you're trying to get that, you know, that speed to get it back there. Well, Bob Getty, you got to you got to admire Austin Keel, a man who owns it. The fact that I he like was a it. long snapper. I like it, yeah. Austin. And I, I thank you for being on the show. It was a great conversation. We enjoyed the time. With you know, you. I, I I appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me. All right, Austin Keel, everybody, former long snapper, ladies for the Golden Eagles. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Austin Keel for joining us. We have some of the best interviews with these kids, Kelly, that, that played football and baseball and basketball. Different young women as well, but they're just they're so much fun to talk to. Yeah, about. unassuming and, and so untarnished by the world, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really fun. We thank Austin Keel. Uh, for coming on the show. Also, of course, our buddy uh, Patrick McGee. This segment is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. Great selection of pre-manufactured housing at Gulfport Home Center on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Four bedrooms, three bedrooms, two bedrooms, one bedroom. If you're looking for a primary home, a new home, 
maybe you're looking for a uh, nice uh, home to put on a lake somewhere for the weekends, whatever your need, they'll have it for you at Gulfport Home Center. Experts in financing, experts in setup and location. So if you are in the market for a home, you ought to yourself to drive down to Gulfport uh, and visit the guys at Gulfport Home Center. All right, Kelly, we're gonna, I want to talk broach this subject with you. We carry a lot of high school, junior college sports here on this station and our other Super Talk stations here in South Mississippi. I'm an old school guy. Okay, I get it. I came from the Flintstone era. But when I played high school football, you didn't change games because it was going to rain. And now we've had two schools that I'm aware of, Oak Grove and Laurel, changing games from Friday to Thursday night because there's forecast of rain on Friday night. Explain that to us, old guys. Summerall, by the way, too. Explain you know, it, please. And I know a lot of us old guys sit around and, and say that, you know, when I was a kid, dot, 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 and, and as, Bob just, as Bob just mentioned, it's not about that, though. Here, here's, what, here's what people today need to understand. It's not the kids are any softer and, and don't want to play in the weather. With budgets as tight as they are in public schools, particularly when it comes to athletics, it's all about gate. It's all about taking in money, all right, so that your program can exist. So you know that there's a what near a hundred percent chance of rain and thunderstorms tomorrow. They're talking between two and four inches of rain, depending on where you live in the state. So you play the game in the rain. Okay, that's fine. Nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to the game. They can listen to the game on Super Talk. You know, they can pull it up on the web. A lot of these schools live stream now video of the games. It's all about setting up ideal, as ideal conditions as can happen so, because they've got budgets they have to meet. They've okay. got to bring money in. I hear you. So that's, that is the only but reason. But you hear that question too, don't you? All the time. Right. All the time. And again, it's, I don't, and I don't know why the financial circumstances seem to be more dire in today's economic climate than they were when we were kids. But you're right. Back in, in our day, back in the day, there was, you never changed anything because of the weather, but now much tougher we were. I walked seven miles to school in the snow uphill, played in the rain that night and had to walk seven miles home after that game, both ways uphill, both ways uphill. <laughs> and you beat up polar bears with your loose leaf notebook. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. But, but yeah, please everybody understand it's all about money. All right, because if people don't come to the games, and you know you're getting what, right, seven, makes seven to ten bucks a lick makes for everybody sense. that comes in, so but it happens a lot. Lots of junior college games around the the last week of the regular season tonight. The Jones Bobcats can secure a South Division uh, playoff uh, berth with a with a win, and um, it looks like Mississippi Gulf Coast is going to be the number one seed. And you're doing a game uh, with a, a school I'm very familiar with. Mrs. I used to do their games, actually. Mississippi Delta Mississippi. at Pearl River. That's right. Pearl River out of the playoff hunt. Uh, but in the north, man, it's all East Mississippi may back, may back into the playoffs with three wins. Holmes had a chance to get a playoff bid, but was upset last week by Mississippi Delta. So the north is, is really a mess. Didn't East is in the powerhouse they have but they've lost i think three games this year uh, in, unusual in them. division but uh, mississippi gulf coast the number one team in the country and it looks like they'll be the number one seed in the south and most likely jones will be the two yeah. in the south but some great football in south mississippi uh, congratulations to brian dozier and the washington nationals as they just demolished houston last night 11 to 2 unbelievable closer game than that it sounds all those runs were 
primarily scored in the seventh inning. But uh, Brian Dozier, two games away from coming back to Hattiesburg with that big ring on his finger. And I think only three times in the history of the World Series has a team, a road team been up two to nothing in a World Series and not and, and not, not, not win. Is yeah. that right? So, um, All right, so that like they that. resume play tomorrow night. Unfortunately, a game that will not be canceled tonight due to weather is taking place in Minnesota. You can see it on Fox Television tonight as the lowly Redskins travel into the Metrodome, or as I think that's what they call it, to take on Minnesota. Your prediction, Kelly Santa. Well, of course, the weather's not good because they're inside, so it, was, right, it, right. it wouldn't matter. But, uh, well, it is getting closer to Halloween, and you'll see a lot of blood, guts, and gore. <laughs> On TV this time Oozing of year. out of those burgundy and gold <laughs> yeah. uniforms yes. onto the artificial turf. I imagine there will be some blood, guts, and gore tonight in Minnesota. Where the Vikings probably will win by two touchdowns over at, your Redskins. At least. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be kind with you sitting here, Bob. All right, we're at Sully's tomorrow in? South Hattiesburg, off the South Hattiesburg exit, <laughs> on your way to Purvis on That's Highway right. 11. I always look forward to that. That's a great place to eat, dinner, and lunch, and uh the guys down there are always so kind to us when we go, so we look forward to going to Sully's tomorrow. And that'll be the Eagle Hour. Get you set up for the, the big weekend of football coming up. Uh, we'll set up the college football table for you, talk about the Hoodats. And uh, I know you're dying to know that the Bengals play the Rams this uh, Sunday. In <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, in jolly old England. Uh, until but. tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the, to top. the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.